0: What I've learned is that everyone's really different. And in general, this is kind of my opinion with a lot of things, not just work. I mean, also like government, is that as long as there's no force involved, which is why I've kind of become very anti forcing people into the office if it's not necessary, then people make it work for them. They can make their work and business to life balance work for them. They know I have these meetings at these times and I have these deliverables and I'll make it.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Leading from Afar, a podcast by remote leaders for remote leaders, aimed at sharing knowledge and experience to help make remote awesome within your companies. I'm Scott Markovitz. I was the first hire at Envision and helped build the foundations of the company for marketing, sales, product operations, and pretty much everything between. I've also mentored and consulted with hundreds of early stage startups, including a bunch of remote ones. Each episode, we'll speak about hot topics, trends, and the future of remote work. We'll also interview some super smart leaders at all levels of remote teams and introduce you to new tools that can help you succeed as a remote leader. Hey, thanks for tuning in today.
2: In this episode, I'm joined by Yoel Israel. who is the CEO of Wadi Digital. And we connected a couple months back over a post of mine about the topic of remote team engagement. And during our conversation we had before the show, it came apparent that he wasn't actually a fan of remote work all the time. In reality, he really used to hate the idea of remote work and thought it was actually a terrible idea. then came the pandemic and there was a transformation. So in this episode, I'm super excited to be able to dig in with Yoel on what caused that transformation um, from being a remote work hater to a remote, remote work lover and how it's been going. We spoke about engagement, the needs of extroverts, leaders feeling the need for control, and shifting to a mindset of results, and what leaders that are still hesitant about remote work can do to fall in love with remote. Liftoff. Y'all, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining. Doing excellent, man. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited for this conversation. Wishing you a very healthy and happy birthday. How was uh, the birthday
0: uh, yesterday? It was perfect. It, it couldn't have been anything I wanted more. Awesome. Friends, family, pecan, pie, and beer, so it was nice. <laughs> That that's a great comment. It sounds like a great combination.
2: I love it. <laughs> it wasn't at the same time. Ah, all right. Well, all right.
0: Thinking about alcohol and pecan pie. I don't know. I like it's an oppor- call,
2: opportunity right. for growth for next year. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. When, when we first connected, so
0: I was very interested
2: in this call today, when we connected a few weeks back, I think the idea of the conversation was going to be around engagement and fun that your team does now that you're remote. And as we had the conversation and we're kind of, you know, nailing through ideas, you kind of admitted that pre-pandemic you were, and maybe part of the pandemic, you were admittedly very passionately against remote work and a anti-remoter, what we'll call it. And through the experience of the pandemic and now post you've kind of reformed yourself and you've gotten on the, the away from the dark side to be very for and seeing the value of remote. So I thought, you know, the biggest value from the conversation that we could have is, I think, really walking through that entire experience, you know, starting from pre-pandemic when, and digging into the reasons why and things that you're had been feeling about remote work. When the pandemic hit, kind of process what had changed, what you had done, and now post-pandemic, and really kind of dive into that, if that's, uh, that's cool for you.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was radically, I was, I don't say radical, but I, you know, I I was very anti-remote work. I was very, well, I was anti-remote as much as I was very much pro everyone else should be in person. And I've, you know, this is one of those things that I, I was very strongly about. I felt strongly about. And a big part of it, I mean, this is hindsight, so I wish I could know what exactly I was thinking and feeling then. But a big part of it is my personality. I'm very extroverted. I love people and being able to have the people around me was important to me i felt as someone who's an extrovert and needed that socializing or need that i assumed that's something people need because yep. you assume what's important and a priority for you for other people i didn't i didn't even like have that thought process yep. i was like yeah of course i'm more productive i'm more this and that i was i was telling me these things some of them were true some of them were half true about it but what i've now, I mean, now looking back, I mean, I have people on my team that they're saying they're so happy. that first, they also were thinking of getting going in person in between the peaks when we thought coronavirus was behind us in the beginning yep. of the, the the vaccine drive. We were talking about maybe getting an office again, including team members of mine that are like an forty five minutes south of from where I I am, you know. And then those people also decided, you know, what? Let's keep it remote. They like being with their family, their spouses. Their kids. They like to be able to do like I just did. I jump for seven minutes and take a quick shower right before this call. Yep. You know, that you get to do these things and you can be just as productive. And uh, you don't have to feel that your work is taking away from your personal life, which has been a big, which is a big thing that I've learned is that when you force someone to go to the office, you feel as long as I'm in the office, I'm not with my kids. I'm not with my spouse. Yeah. I'm not with anything. So therefore... Work has become an obstacle to the most important relationships in your life. Yep. And it's and some of the most important things that you need to get done, including errands. So yep. I remember when I used to work at Xerox in Philly, you know, I'd make sure to get my eye doctor's appointment during work hours, yep. you know what I mean, this and that and that, you know what I mean? Like while I'm at the office, I yep. jump out and, and do all that. So when I'm home, I can spend it with my family or my friends or my neighbors, or my kids. Yep. And now it's not like that. Now it's, you can do when and what, and sometimes in the evenings you have to work and whatnot. And then you can trade off, taking off a long lunch with your spouse and make up the work later and all of that. And at the end of the day, it's just once you introduce high level of trust, which was forced on me, again, this wasn't a decision, it was coronavirus, and you find that everyone's far more productive and everyone's far more reliable. Yeah. So there, there's a few things in there we're going to unpack
2: um, before. Usually the way we start, and I, I apologize for not starting off with this is maybe introduce
0: yourself a little bit and tell, tell everybody a little bit about Wadi Digital and then we'll dive in. Yeah, sure. So those know uh, my name is Yoel Israel. I'm the founder of Wadi Digital. I do digital marketing for technology companies, particularly lead generation and helping leads become opportunities. We have three main departments for now, soon to be a fourth. Uh, we're doing paid acquisition, paid media, PPC lead generation. The second is SEO. And then the third is influencer marketing. And we dominate in all three of them. We're, we're the agency people go to when they're sick of their aid, current agencies not working. Excellent. So we'll start off with the
2: first point that you started of you being an extrovert. I also very much of an extrovert. When I was in the office, once, twice a day, went to Starbucks with a colleague or a friend once every hour, Maybe it's ADD. Maybe it was just that extrovert in me had to get up, had to go to somebody's desk, you now have a schmooze for five, 10 minutes, was very much the water cooler person. And I definitely felt, I certainly admit it, when I went remote, I missed those opportunities because without a physical space, there was no Starbucks and there was no water cooler and there was no desks to go up to. And for me, it was something that in the beginning, nothing really happened and I wasn't able to recreate those. That, those moments, but after a time, I said, "Okay, well, I need these moments very much as an extrovert." So, in my last couple of years at Envision, I recreated that those moments by every day opening Slack, to list of people who are online, kind of closing my eyes, scrolling down, clicking on one person, and would DM you and say, "Hey, you know you all? Hi, I'm Scott. I'm in Israel. You want to jump on a five minute Zoom call? And just for that opportunity to see see a face, hear a voice, meet somebody new on the team that I wouldn't have have met, and really kind of that serendipitous." random person and then kind of random time and people that I did it with absolutely loved it. You know, after one or two times, they would start messaging me, Hey, you know, when are we doing these? I would call them five minute face times. People loved it. I loved it. And this was the biggest thing that I've heard through the pandemic from companies of this is why the main reason why people want to go back to an office or have some type of office is for that camaraderie, that team building, that team engagement, where I think it's the, yeah, the problem was, and I would love, we're going to dive into this. It's recreating those experiences. So, in the last couple of months, I launched a, I'll call it a side project called Spontaneously, which works to recreate those little serendipitous moments. Um, very much focused on you, the individual. So, when it's a good time for you, you literally click one button. You kind of raise your hand saying, "Yes, I want to meet somebody for for an eight minute coffee." We automatically pair you with someone else that who at that time also puts their hand up. So, there's no pre coordination. It's not in the scheduled time. It's the opportunity to do it every day, just like you went for a coffee break every single day and you meet somebody new for kind of a short conversation. Just, again, it's not a 30 minute block. It's not a 15 minute block. It's just as long as you would have a conversation with someone in the hallway or someone in the coffee machine really designed. So I think that was, you know, continues to be a big problem across many things of companies not understanding, Hey, this is the future of work. So how do you redesign or recreate, All these types of things, whether it's engaging, whether it's onboarding, whether it's mentoring for a new environment. So I definitely feel that that pain that that you did and decided, okay, there has to be a way to recreate that for for a remote and virtual world.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it could be recreated because I think what you're doing is in a way like nothing can be recreated like walking by someone at the water cooler or some things you hate, like being stuck in an elevator with someone you don't want to talk to or in the men's room, washing your hands at the same time, sure. something, you know, but, but the ones that you but most of them that we do enjoy those encounters, they happen by chance. Yep. And as opposed to saying, okay, now I'm ready to speak for five minutes. Like, you know what? Maybe I just need to like a break for five minutes instead. I don't want to talk to someone, maybe not like, you know what I mean? Or I don't know who I'm going to be paired with, you know, like, I, I think there's there's a little challenge there. I feel like we're, we're trying to have our cake and eat it too and we're getting a bite of the cake, but I, I, nothing's like the spontaneity of, of bumping into someone as C- opposed to having to choose to carve out that time or the next, you know, eight minutes, I'm going to speak to a stranger and then it, there's that anxiety involved. Who so that was a it, stranger. It's, I mean, it's again, there's nothing like in real
2: life experience, but again, it's trying to mirror that experience as much as you can in the digital side. So I, sitting in your office at 10 o'clock in the morning, decide, Hey, I need a cup of coffee. Now I need a break. I need whatever. So I decide at 10 o'clock to get up from my desk and go towards the coffee machine. And I happen to bump into some random person at the coffee machine or in the hallway. So I've selected myself at this time. Yes, I'm getting up. I'm physically getting up and taking an action and now walking to the coffee machine where I now bump into somebody who I didn't know, or maybe I somebody that I did know. And, making a cup of coffee, sitting around. How's it going? How are you? Nice to meet you. How was the game? How was game of Thrones short, no kind of uh, no conversation. And then going back to the, the day, but I think it's really that, I mean, there's other tools that are out there that are trying to bridge this gap and really be focused in the specific area, but it's once every other week or once a week and it's pre-coordinated and it's at a time that the company tells you, and that's number, how it worked when you're in office, it's like you decided when to go to get up. You decided when you need a break from work. You decided, hey, I need right. a cup of coffee now. So I think that's the idea of you know, the, the project that I had launched was really you, the individual decide when's a good time for you. And we'll send you a message, hey, is now good. If it's not, hey, no problem, we'll try again later. And if it is, then again, it's not you know, opening Zoom and calendar, calendar invites and links and knocking on doors. It's just literally one, one click and everything happens. So the effort, just like when you bumped into someone in the water cooler, It didn't take effort to start a conversation. It didn't start. Okay. is now a good time. Hey, do you want to have a conversation now? Do you not? It's very much of, Hey, you're here. I'm here. How's it going? Quick conversation, move on. Yeah. So kind of moving, pushing the conversation. I would love to maybe dig in a little bit more of maybe we'll dive in the book, go back there. Your point of, I think this is the biggest thing that's coming out of the last two years. It's I think for the last 150 years, when we moved from an agricultural based economy and work to factories and then offices, we went from living to work, sorry, from work to life, to working to live, to living to work. And I think what this pandemic has done is now flipping that script back to the original way where it really should be, where you're working to live, that my life is not all about work. Because briefly, as you said, work was my day, Now, if I woke up early, I had like a little bookmark in the morning. I'd get up and I'd do a run. I'd do an exercise at like six o'clock in the morning before I had to get out to the train. I'd work and then I'd come home and I have, you know, an hour, two hours of family time, time with the kids, eat dinner, go to bed, rinse and repeat. And now what we really learned through this experience is that the two worlds can kind of coexist and they work well with each other, that your life and your work are all managed to happen at the same time. You don't have to block out time. It doesn't have to be, okay, well, this is work time. This is lifetime. And I think that's the biggest thing, whether we're talking about location. So for remote work or we're talking about in the U S of all the issues with people who are not coming back to the workforce, you know, people aren't able to get Teslas because there's no, no people working in the docks and no one wanting to drive trucks. And yes, part of it's because of salary. But I think the bigger part is people realize that, Hey, you know, we drive an Uber three, four hours in the morning, and we could spend our afternoon and our lunchtime with our spouse doing art, going surfing, living our life and enjoying the things that we want. And then later in the evening, going back and driving the Uber again and make as much money or more money. But the real crux there is like, hey, I get to live my life during the day. It's again, getting away from the bookmarked life surrounded by the by the, the work. And I think that's the biggest revolution that, that's really coming. Is being able to you know merge those two uh, worlds back together?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely feel that way. I don't, I don't think that you can like, I don't think you can merge them. Also, what I've learned is one of the big things I've learned as I noted on is that everyone's really different. So, like, yeah. I might be an extrovert, introvert. Like, they, oh, there are people that always hated going to work, and there was me like, that always enjoyed going to work, right? Hundred percent. And then there's you know, people have newborns, and they get to now breastfeed their baby. As a you know, when they're three four months, they don't have to pump or put them on on a formula. Yeah. You know what I mean, and leave with someone else or something for them to feed when they would like to continue to have that bond. And of course, it's best for the baby to have you know with the mother's milk. There are a lot of great advantages like that, you know. And or if you have a baby at home and you're the father, you want to be around and you want to help her. Sure. Your spouse is also working and she needs a break. So I think there's what I've learned is that like everyone's really different. Yeah. And in general, this is kind of my opinion with a lot of things, not just work. I mean, also like government is that as long as there's no force involved that which is why I've kind of become very anti and why, you know, forcing people into the office if it's not necessary. Yeah. Then people make it work for them they can make their work and business to life balance work for them. You know, they know I have to have these meetings at these times and I have these deliverables and I'll make it. And yep. okay, and I trust you. And if you yep. don't, you're fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but everyone that high level of trust, people rise to the occasion. I think people are more productive. Not to mention, of course, just the time saved on the commute. Sure. Not to mention, you know, and then, and then, then, of those hours in the office itself, how much gets done because of the small talk, because of the extended lunch yep. and the going out and that and blah blah blah. And so. I don't know. I think that, I think everyone's really different. And I find that as long as the less rules you have, kind of like the less you try to force someone into a certain system, what you'll get is more productivity, more enjoyment, more collaboration, you know, from, from people you work with, and suddenly it'll become a lot more enjoyable. Hundred And also, by the way, another side note is that, you're talking about the small talk at the water cooler, so to speak. The small talk you got before you get on a call, so like, you know, you and I were, were to get on here, or I were to get on with a co worker that I speak to yep. all the time that I would see every day. Because you're in your home and maybe your kids are around, or there's whatever, or a pile of dirty laundry yep. around you, the small talk is no longer bullshit about the weather and the football game. Yeah. The small talk is is human. Like, like, I actually know. Oh, I see someone's home. Oh, they, they don't feel well. Oh. Oh, hey, the next day, hey, how's that person feeling on the next time yep. in the beginning? And so that's totally different. So actually your small talk are actually real conversations. They're yeah. human conversations, not filling the awkward space and awkward time. Yep. And it, you know what I mean? Conversation, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you'd probably heard the weather reference when I went to an office like several times a day. <laughs> it's like, <yep>. you know, <laughs> seem to not get bored of it.
2: Yeah. I think that that's spot on this is something I've been saying certainly a lot through the last two years, it's you no know, working from home and these calls through Zoom, which everyone, you know, happens to, to hate, allows you to get to know your colleagues far better and far deeper than you ever right. knew them in the right. office. Because again in the office you were you no know, yo yo you're Yoel the the marketer. You're Scott, you're the product guy and that's all I knew about you. But now when I see you and I see like your family, your kids, your cat, your books behind the wall, like
1: oh yeah the Peter Thiel book, yeah,
2: I read that or I'm reading that now. Right, exactly. Like, just you just that environment that's around you get to know so much more about that person that you never, you would never come up with in the office and really creates and crafts more opportunities to connect with somebody when you see them as a human being, right? They're not, they're not an employee, they're not a coworker. They're, they're a person, they're a parent, they're a spouse, they're a animal lover, they're a, a wine connoisseur, they're a whatever, whatever it may be. And that's something again, that people never got while in the office. And it's something, I think that's one of the beautiful things that came through this, uh, but I want to kind of go back if it's okay and in more outside of the idea of you being an, an introvert and needing those conversations throughout the day, like what made you feel that being in the office was the right way to work that remote can never replicate or, or
0: remote was missing that would not, per, not allow a company to be successful in a remote environment? Well, it's not about the company being successful just as an employee. That's what I want. I mean, even now, some people say, I love the remote life. I would love to come in once or twice a week. It's more about... It's about getting out of the house. It's not even about productivity. It's about like being forced out of the house at the end of the day, like you need a reason to do something that's difficult to do. You know what I mean? No one runs for fun, right? They might might say that dopamine is a secondary, keeps them going next time. But that first step out of the door, you're doing it for exercise, for mental health, for physical health. Yeah. Or, you know whatever it is, and I find that's kind of the same way about going to the office. They know it's good for them, so they want it worked into the routine. Ideally, by company policy, because if it's not, if it's on their own, they'll never, they'll never do it yeah. right. So that's kind of uh, that. That's how I. That's kind of how I see the. I, I feel like uh, about people wanting to go in, and me, it was the same. I just wanted to see people. I wanted to feel people. I wanted to joke around about things. Now, what I find interesting, and I think this is about me, and I'm going to go assume it's other people. I was very, I was anti-remote work, but I never did remote work before Corona. And I wonder how many other people that are anti-remote work were never, never did, never participated. Yeah. I was so happy with, I was, I was fine with the status quo. Yeah. And you mentioned people don't want to go back now, especially younger people. They're like, screw this commute. I think that's the big one for them, really. Yep. It's like, "What? why? Why? I've been just yeah. productive. Screw this commute. Yep. And they got used to it. And now I got to wake up and get dressed nicer than I needed to. And, yep. you know, and, and all that. You know, roll out of bed, Whatever. Yep. And get going. Like, and then that whole commute is such a pain in the ass with, you know, and being next to people you don't want to be with on a train it, or on a in, bus indeed. or in traffic. God forbid. So, yep. I mean, I liked seeing people. That's what it was for me. I. Sure. And as a business owner, I felt I had I was in control. Yeah. So I'm not coming as an employee. I'm coming as a business owner with yeah. 19 people. I mean, before the Corona, we were like five. But I, I mean, I felt like we were. In, I'm in control. I know what's going on. I'm informed. If I need something done, I can turn around and ask someone to do it. So, so that's I think the points around like focusing
2: on on being a boss versus the employee but you said to kind of mention this is something that's been said a million times was that feeling could control. What was it specifically in the office that you felt you had control on people? Was it again, I mean, there's, there's research that comes out. Even last week, there was a research that said in the office, the average or probably even maybe not four, four hours of work were actually get done out of an eight hour day. So the fact that somebody was sitting there doing this for eight hours, science and the research says that four out of those hours were on spent on YouTube and Facebook and whatever it may be not doing work. So like, what was that feeling of control that you had before the pandemic started? That it was like, I have this in the office and in theory, if it was remote, I would not have this.
0: Well, I thought people would be more productive in the office because they'd actually, I, I, I know I would get whatever, nine hours of work out of, you you know, minus lunch and breaks, whatever that of uh, productivity, right. I would assume that because, but in the end of the day, people are going to screw around if they want to anyway. What I've learned when you go remote is that there's a higher level of trust, and it's no longer about hours working. It's yep. about showing up to your meetings, meet your deliverables, be reliable, right? this something yep. assigned to you, take care of it. And so then what happens is my metric from how can I get the most value and growth out of the limited hours they have before they go home and not working yeah. I've gone from that and also I, I know what's going on to trusting two things, trusting them yeah. that it's no longer about hours, but trust that they'll get the work done and trust their professionalism and trust that I hired yeah. them for a reason. I I think that's like, I think that's the big one. And then the other thing is you kind of, you just trust people with their, with, with, with their, with their lives, not just that they do things, that, that things are running, that the business is running as it should be. It made me step back and not, micromanage, not because I didn't trust them and they didn't time for themselves at work. I was always cool with it. I always yeah. have been. It's been my personality. I've had a great boss and I've had a bad boss. So I know I know what it's like sure. for, for both ends. But people just, I think there's a level of trust there that's been lacking. And once you go remote, you're forced that trust that they'll get the work done, that they'll do yeah. what they need to. And okay, I don't care. They check Facebook. Great. I've accepted it as opposed yeah. to trying to fight it. But I've also accepted, and so have they, that you have deadlines, you have deliverables, you have meetings, yeah. you will be there, right? Everything that, and you are a reliable person. Yeah. I'm going to treat you like an adult who's independent, who's 100%. Is an independent spirit. And that was probably the hardest part for me was to do that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's certainly the future of work is going that
2: direction. I know there's a lot of movement now towards like the four-day work week. I, I'm not so positive when I'm yeah. in the middle of it. I'm a believer, I think really where remote work started in the beginning and then coming back 10 years when I, when I joined InVision, which we were one of the first all remote companies and we were trying to hire, you could know, never put as like a nice have or a requirement remote work experience because it didn't exist. There were, there were only two or three companies that were doing it at the time. But the most successful people that we had that we, that joined were freelancers because they came from that mentality of, I have a project, I have deadlines. I don't have the boss sh- looking over my shoulder, like looking at me all the time. I don't have to say like daily updates. Hey, I need to produce this by this time. And that, that's all I need to do. And where I think we're coming back, the wheel is now turning around and coming back where that's, that's where the future work. It's not, I don't think it's a four day or three day or five day, whatever it is. It's not even like nine to f- the nine to five, which Salesforce is trying to abolish. It's really like you said, Hey, I need this content piece launched by Tuesday at three o'clock. So between now and tuesday at three o'clock i honestly don't care what you do i hope you do things that are enriching and make you happy make you productive and things like that but what i in essence care about especially as a boss is tuesday at three o'clock content piece launched and i think that's you know certainly where we're moving
1: and when we were it, in the
0: office just to interrupt you you might have had yeah. that but it's also do that and fucking be here and be away from your family and suffer in commute. And yep. even that, and I don't trust you and I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm monitoring yep. your software and then, 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 oh, and Tuesday at three o'clock, I need the content piece up. I was yeah. like, what? Well, like at the end of the day, I yeah. just care about, you know, uh, until o'clock. then, I'm just trying to manage them and their diamonds. It's just like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. like it being done to me and yeah. I don't enjoy doing it to other people. And yeah. what I've learned is no one's good at it at all. You can't exactly. force people into things. It's counterproductive yeah. Yeah. by every measure.
2: Yeah, so, so now let's let us dive into the, the actual process of procedure. So pre-pandemic, we'll talk about you know early March last year. You love the office, believe in the office because it gave you that engagement, that kind of you know, company culture and the control. Pandemic hits, crap hits the fan. Everyone, the government says everyone has to work from home. Talk about the first week. Let's start off with week one, then we'll dive into month one and then year one. Like what happened that first week? You understand, okay, we're here for we don't know how exactly long. What happened? What was it like? What changes did you make? What changes did you make around the engagement, those conversations? Did you recreate those? Did you say, okay, every day, let's have a five minute call with the whole team. Hi, how's everybody doing? Everybody's safe. Did you have those, you know, daily kind of check-ins in the morning, your daily stand up in the morning, daily stand up in the evening, kind of to get that piece of control back. Like t- talk to us about what happened the first
0: week. Well, the first week I lost half of my clients because there was no economy, and <laughs> shit in my pants. Fair enough. And not lay anyone off. That was that was it. But well, outside of me losing my mind because the government decided to shut everything down, we we had I had calls originally at twice a day. We had calls in the morning at nine o'clock, or maybe even eight thirty, I think, and then we had another call at like two. And I was reeling back from being someone who likes to be in control. Yep. When I hired last January, so like nine months in the, in, into the pandemic, I hired a manager to help me build my ads team, who's excellent. His name is Gilad. And he was like, I think he, he was like, we don't need a call twice a day. We can do once a day. Yeah. And I was like, but what about this? How do things are going on? It was like, well, if you have a good first call and we're using a, a management software that's good enough, we yeah. shouldn't need it. And I was like, uh, but what about, but what about, <laughs> you know? trying to hold on to however much yep. in, course, I'm speaking in hindsight, control to make sure things are being done when, and if you don't know how to do something in the middle of the day, I don't know, you're gonna ask me, so let's like meet up. And then I was like, all right, I mean, and he led it. The goal was he took over the department, which he did to, to yep. his credit. And so what we have now, we have a nine o'clock call, 10 15 minutes with the whole company. So it was like 19 of us, 18, 19 of us. And there's no talk at all about work. It's just yep. hanging out making jokes, making fun of each other and talking about maybe some things, you know, or, or in the news or yeah. food or whatever. And it's like really good, fun talk. Yeah. And then the 9.15, we break out to each team, then has their morning meetings where yep. here's what we're going on. Here's what the clients, here's what we need to prioritize, da 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 They usually last until 10, 10.30, so it's like an hour, hour, 15 minutes. And projects are assigned to monday.com, and then they move on, and everything's and that's it. And then if needed, we have we have WhatsApp groups. Each We have a company WhatsApp group. And then each department has a WhatsApp group yeah. and people will help each other. So we have that Google Meet link that we use every day at 9.15 yeah. for the ads team and 9.15 yeah. for the SEO and influencer marketing. And then we just say, join the scrum call. So if I have a question, I need help. Hey, how do I optimize this? I'm having trouble with the A-B testing. You know, something with the reporting. I need some technical help. Just so it's like, you know, we put in the WhatsApp group, it's like, I need help with this, can someone join Scrum? And someone says, yep. sure. And they go on to Google Me, kind of like you and I are talking right now virtually. And they get on, they share screens, and they get us out you know, solved a couple minutes, and they get off. Yeah. Uh, so you have that advantage also, now that our team's larger, because our advertising team's like eight people, nine people. Yeah. So we're able to do that. It didn't always used to be that way. And so that, that's kind of how it is now. So like. I am unlikely to speak. It's ten thirty in the morning. I'm not going to speak to my team for the rest of the day, Yep. unless it's like specifically needed. You know, yep. I have a sales call, so so with my someone on my SEO team will be on a sales call. Other than that, I and I think I have a check in with my influencer marketing team because we pushed it off to the afternoon to yep. do optimization on our ads. Other than that, I I don't have any conversations with anyone on my team yep. for the rest of the day. So it, it's and that so I can do work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so so two points I'm gonna bring out of that. Number one is the decision to drop one of the, the daily stand ups came from employee feedback, which is something oh. I've been ranting about for a long time. What,
0: wasn't even feedback, He just insisted. He was like it's not necessary and I was like, Yeah, okay. And then I like I push back, I gave a like a devil's advocate a counter advantage, and I'm like I'm not in control anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hired but... him to lead the team. I trust him. I gave my opinion, and I shut up, and he was right. And he has, yeah. and I think this is probably for those looking to hire, in my opinion, the most underrated, and I told Gilad this, who these our ads team, and we have a lot of team leaders, and they're all excellent, is you need to have talented skills in being able to manage a remote team. If yeah. so you can manage a team remotely, which is not easy. And you have to build a culture in order to be able to do that, of level of trust and all that. Yeah. I feel like that's probably one of the most underrated skills that you're, that you're going to need in the future. And that That's why this podcast exists. It started at the
2: beginning of the year. I understood. I, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've built and led and scaled remote companies and teams. And there isn't very much out there in the ways of learning. As you said, you kind of went into this without a choice. And most companies just took what they did in the office and did it remotely or tried to replace you know the seeing you and the kind of the overview of you to having two day two times a day stand-ups when that's obviously not the way that remote works, you no know, remote is very intentional. but there isn't really much out there, and again, that's that the point of this podcast well, What do you I mean remote agree. is very intentional? What do you mean by that? Everything that happens in a remote environment has to be very intentional because nothing really happens by itself. So the way you, uh, engage... you mean
0: organically, like walking to someone? thing, correct, correct. So whether it's engagement, yeah, whether
2: it's mentoring, whether it's learning development, whether it's whatever, like somebody has to have that agenda that says, okay, let me do this And kind of in that idea of the, the side project that, that I launched was, hey, I had the desire, I had the intention to every day go find somebody to talk to. So it's always been possible with Zoom or Google Meet, you could always do that without new tools, but there aren't very many people who are like me who have that passion, who have the drive and have the intentionality that every day or whenever they desire to talk to someone, have a conversation to go find some random person to, to talk to. And that's why I think what the tools came into place. But I think I, going back to that point was, you took feedback, you took a push within the organization saying, hey, we don't need this and you dropped it. And that's something that's been cleared for me for two years of, Employees are giving feedback. Hey, thirty percent plus of employees are saying, "I'm never coming back to the office. I'll quit if you don't let me re- work remotely." Another 40 percent are saying, "I require flexibility." But yet the executives of the team are saying, "Okay, they're totally not listening to this feedback." They're spending millions of dollars on trying to gather the feedback, and they're taking it and they're making decisions that are counter what the employees are saying. But the beautiful thing that you said was, "Yes, initially you have some friction. You're like, oh, I don't, know. I don't know why this and why that." But you understood the, from their perspective the value proposition. Yes, if their per- person saying, "Hey, we could get this done without having the secondary meeting in the day," then okay, let's go with it. So I, I certainly give you a lot of kudos for that. What else may have gone into that process of dropping? Was it more kind of collaboration? You said you used Monday. Was it maybe more collaboration on on Monday, or some other tools that really helped you make that decision and, and allowed that change to be uh, successful? because again, hopefully people who are listening to this kind of get inspiration saying, okay, let's make some changes, but still, I guess we're not gonna be a hundred percent confident. So what, like, what was it that you saw as you changed that policy that you knew? Oh, okay. Yeah. Stuff's getting done. Oh, I see, you know, conversations happening in Monday or conversations happening in WhatsApp. Like what were those pieces that you saw that helped you solidify that idea? Okay. Yes. This was a good decision to drop this second meeting.
0: I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. I, at the end of the day, I hired someone who I thought was absolutely perfect to be able to build and lead our very successful advertising team. He's demonstrated that very clearly. And either the choice was, Yoel, do you want to lead this team? Or did (laughs) you want him to lead this team? And I "I want him to lead the team. I'm paying him well to do it. He has the talent and that's why I hired him. And I also work closely with my business coach, who's remote, who's in North Jersey, who's very super pro remote and working on me being able to move out of that managerial role for a few reasons. One is that I have someone that's better at it Two, I I don't like it. I suck at it, you know, so we were working on it. So being, I had the support of a business coach to help me let go. And so I needed even his help to hand over leading client calls from me to him and all of that. It was just, it was hard for me to let go of that too. I I brought in outside help. I mean, right. So and I recommend that for, I mean, if there are any employers out there, get a pro remote business coach to 100%. help you and show you so you can make the right hires, ask the right questions, interviews, ask the right questions for referrals so you are so you have the right people in the right chairs. You know what yep. I mean? How to build things out culturally so you still have, like, culture and you still do things fun, how and if and when to meet people in person and what you should do and what what shouldn't be like what kind of company policies that you're gonna have, whether it's official or unofficial or implied, you know? And so these are things you kind of need to work on if you want to have a working machine remotely. And the business is far more, in my opinion, far more efficient when we're working remotely, because you ask them to be done, it gets done. And I'm not using any brain capital today at all, and neither is any of our team leaders, that is this task gonna be done by a certain time? We know it's yep. gonna be done, or if they need a delay, it'll be asked well enough in advance, or they have a question, yep. they'll have enough time to be able to ask they have a question if they'll need some help. But we're I'm now that doesn't take up any real estate in anyone's mind. It's high trust yep. and that's it. And so I found that it's it was made it so much easier. But it's it's a hard thing to do. You need to bring out outside help. Like Yep. I finally started exercising like more seriously because I brought in a personal trainer a few months ago. So I started finally sure. lifting weights. Because he comes to my house at seven in the morning. Yep. So like I told you before I got on last night was my birthday, so I was drinking, and then while drinking last night at like eleven thirty, I remember I my my <laughs> trainer coming at seven. I swear to you, if I didn't have a trainer coming, I would not have worked out this morning. You sure. know what I mean? And it was like Thinking how to cancel on him when I woke up at like six in the morning. (laughs) I was like later, but I did it because I had that accountability. So you need that accountability. So like, don't go in it alone. If it's hard for you to go to remote, you know, it works for others and therefore it can work for you. Bring in an expert or consultant. Maybe that can help you make that transition to, for that, make, maybe make the right hires, set the right policies and certain things that it's a win-win for everyone in, in the company. Yep. Maybe I would love to know a little bit more about
2: that because what some companies have been doing the last six, nine months have been hiring what we'll call a head of remote or remote lead or someone who is supposed to I didn't know be that. focused on that. I've, I personally interviewed for a number of those roles. What I've found through those interview experiences and who they've ended up hiring is they've tended to go with someone more junior with more transactional experience, who's, I guess, really more focused on tools. Like what tools should we be bringing in versus someone who's much more high level strategic, you know, kind of on the same levels, we'll call it as the VP of people who is thinking very you. much strategically, how do we shift the operations? How do we shift the culture of the business? How do we shift the way that we do all the things that we do to be supportive in the future of work, in remote work versus saying, okay, no, maybe we should be thinking about asynchronous communication. What tools do we do? What use that? Or we, we should be thinking about company culture and like pulse surveys. What, what tools have used that? So I've, for the non-remote company, for the remote first companies who are having a remote, ahead head of a remote, that's a totally different story. But these companies that have transitioned to being remote companies during the pandemic, at least what I've seen, and certainly I could be corrected, it's much more of, again, a transactional versus a strategic role and so many more tools versus operations. So I would love to hear maybe a little bit more about the the coach that you have and what you've done, again, what that thinking was, how do we change how we run the business? Not just, okay, maybe before we weren't using monday.com, so now we had to use monday.com or we added another tool in there just to kind of replace something, but the whole mind shift of changing the exact whole way of how we're running our business.
0: Yeah, if you're looking at, if you're thinking, if your prime concern is the tools, if or prime concern, if, I shouldn't say that. If your focus ongoing is the tools for, let's say hiring some for remote work, then again, I think your focus is wrong. It's on, you're not focusing on trust. You have low trust. Yep. So are, we have, are we monitoring our employees, how much they're working? Oh, or, I read this article, this terrible manager that like, if their mouse doesn't move or something, they think they're offline. So yes. this woman invented like the simple thing that like every twenty when she goes to the kitchen, <laughs> she can go to the fucking bathroom yeah. we're inside to fold some laundry in the middle of the day or feed <laughs> yeah. her toddler, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Well, during a pandemic, for God's sake! So her yeah. mouse, she puts her mouse on it and it moves it every every ten yeah. seconds, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like vibrates and it moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm like, like people will like we will outsmart you, like yeah. we. Yeah, I sure. mean, like people like like we people that are like. Pro liberty and individualism, yeah. like we, we will out, we will outsmart the, the people that are trying to control us. So, I think the problem is based the word thing is that there's too much of a focus, really, on these tools and not enough focus on culture, and you're yeah. not enough focus on your business. If you cared about like what are your business objectives, and yeah. then you need to work with someone, how do I reach my business objectives in a remote way? Right. So, what, what do I need to do? I, I think that's better than how can I try to replicate all of as much of the of the pros of in-person work to get that to remote that's the wrong way you should yep. try to rebuild think how would i rebuild this organization from the ground up knowing yep. that i'm building a remote organization and what yeah, how exactly. would the business processes be who are the people that I would hire? What are what yeah. are the rules? What do they need to have what kind of experience they need to have? What kind of personality do they need to have? And then yeah. I have some other things like like they need to have guaranteed they need to be responsible for a certain amount of download and upload internet at their house. Because yeah. I can't send that over there. They need a, their own room for an office. Like these yeah. are things instead of just trying to replicate you know what I mean? Yeah. Like make the right hires to create that culture of 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 work and collaboration. As, uh, yeah. as opposed to how can I maintain the control I had when we were in person and bring that to, to remote? I think that people have it. it totally backwards. Yeah, I love it. Um, pulling on a little
2: bit towards the future, you mentioned obviously that you have one meeting in the morning now that starts off with the team. We'll get into that next. And then all the teams break out for kind of like the daily stand up. Do you see your team, especially now that you have much more of that trust, moving more towards an asynchronous model where the updates are not, in a live synchronous meeting, it's long form documentation. It seems like you use WhatsApp versus maybe Slack or some, maybe some tool that kind of you get to do your daily standup in a, a tool and share that within the team. So it doesn't matter what time you do it. Maybe let's say as long as it's delivered by this time that everyone kind of gets to see it. And if they have questions, it's more collaboration like on WhatsApp or Slack. You see yourself going more in an asynchronous uh, direction?
0: Not intentionally, but what we've learned is as they become more talented, they're more skilled and our talent is onboarded better. We have skipped the nine fifteen meetings where we actually review client stuff and things just may be assigned to you through monday.com. And that's kind of yep. it in you. So we do have that once in a while that call is canceled or postponed to the afternoon. That happens yep. every like, you know, like every like seven, eight business days maybe. I don't know. Something like that. But in general, moving to a no, I don't think so. There are still pros of having videos and speaking to people. Some, there will be people that will just want to give me my task list and my thing. But one of the hardest parts, honestly, of going remote is training. Yeah. Is that training yeah. Yeah, people yeah. remotely is not the same as them sitting next to you and us sharing a screen, like actually, and I can point to my, like, it's just not, it's not the same. That that I will definitely give, that's a huge con for remote. But having those opportunities to for people to ask questions and train like, like forced because we didn't do that in person hey, every day, 915 to 1030. We're going to go over the work you're doing with the clients and address all of your yeah. questions about the work you did yesterday and everything. Now it's forced ex- expected and explicit. And so there's actually more learning that way and things that would come up in a way that wouldn't happen in person. The training itself is harder, but it happens more. It's almost it's forced, right? Like you said, like some things need to be forced in a way. So I I don't see us moving that direction. I'm not anti it in a sense. I could see it working for better for other organizations. But for us, where it's very, very, very high skill services that we provide for top technology companies, we really need. I think that kind of like. I think we need that kind of like morning get up and getting to at least to be able sure. to address questions. You know? okay. And was, and also the other thing because let's say if someone had a question about how to do something, right, yeah. and they would drop in the WhatsApp group and they would join the Scrum call and someone would show them, it's like that corny like what the teachers used to say. You're like, you know, this thing is stupid questions. If you have a question, there's probably other people in the class that have the same question that you to ask, and that is true. So yeah. when you have that team meeting, whether in the morning. As opposed to that 101 someone has a question there's someone else that probably doesn't know how to do that either or didn't yeah. know how to do it as fast or as efficient or something or didn't even know there was that was a solution how to ask right they didn't know what they don't know so there is that added value of people joining together on a meeting of a team so no yeah. i don't see us moving that way but we do see times that it's not needed every day that we can skip here and there sure as necessary awesome uh right, two final questions
2: the first is seemingly in the last year, you've forexed your team. I think when we started the conversation, you started, you said you had five people, you even about 19. Talk to us, talk to everybody about how you onboarded those people again, because in theory, the, I'm assuming the five people you had when the pandemic started, you obviously onboarded them in person and we're in your office and those other 14 weren't. So talk to us how you're able to onboard them remotely, how you enable them to hit the ground running, because it seems, again, from your conversations, it's, no they're all rock stars. They're all doing absolutely amazing work. So when from not knowing them, onboarding them remotely, again, onboarding is supposed to be very much focused on helping you hit the ground running as best as you can, as quickly as you can. So maybe dive
0: into that a little bit. Yeah. So the big thing is, is actually making sure that you're hiring the right person. That's the big mistake sure. I find that a lot of people are making is that they're hiring the wrong people. I remember when I started in business years ago, I asked one of my mentors for advice and I didn't take it and boy, it hit me hard. He said, only <laughs> hire people that I had full-time experience for a year. I mean, they went to an office. I mean, right. This was before remote, the remote wasn't even part sure. of the conversation. They know what it means to get out of work. They understand what's socially acceptable and what's not, right, yeah. what you are, do not kind of what's the expectations of working in, in a career environment. Not yes. not just a job. But I mean, like washing dishes. like. And so the same thing kind of like remote, you want to make sure that they have the proper experience that they can. Do they have the proper setup at home? Do they have the proper internet? Do they have what they need? Yeah. What's their home like life? Like, is their spouse out? Is their spouse in and shared to the same office also working remote from home? Yeah. Is that, it, that's not a problem. But if both of you are doing client calls all day, that's an issue. And that's something yeah. that needs should be openly discussed. I I, yeah. I understand that, some countries, they might say it's illegal to ask certain, certain these questions, you just need to find the right way to ask them, unfortunately, yeah. because if you're want, a remote position, you need to know that. Also, I do an insane social media check. Anyone who's like a little too passionate about politics, I don't hire yeah. even if they're politics, I agree with, <laughs> because yeah. it's just they're a little bit kind of obsessive, Their mind goes there all day It's probably a side hobby almost, right? Yeah. And, and I also think there's a little bit of an imbalance if all you're posting is politics or things like that. And also other things. Are you like, you know, how quickly do you like, you know, check it on people's Twitter and their other kind of get a good vibe of them before I even reach out to them and, you yeah. know, for an interview, you really want to make sure you have the right, the right person. And then the referrals also, the, the references, I mean, you need to make sure you do that references really well. But for the, we hire only in Israel and Israel is really small. So everyone does sure. come in for one in-person interview. Um, I do demand. I do ask that for that. I do believe in full body language and making sure that being able to have the right personality and all of that, and that we vibe that I would like to work with you as a person and you would like to work with me. That's just as important, right? You need to make sure that they can do the work. I want to work with them and they want to work with me and they want to, you need all three of those. And some of those could, if you can do it in person, great. And then after they're hired, they'll come, they'll pick. I'll have their stuff here. Well, we have a bunch of stuff. They'll pick it up. With the, I'll get a laptop and monitors delivered ordered online, delivered to their house. Yeah. Oh, one big thing I do recommend for people doing remote, all of our new laptops now for our employees, we we're paying for three years on-site support. So they don't have to go and lose their laptop. That they'll show up to your house. Mm, and fix your laptop. That's a point. Which has been huge. I just have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. The lost time a and point. their headache. And oh, I don't have time. too much work to do to go take it in and lose it sure. for a day. And it's like come and work at the office. Like, what do you do? And I was like, how long will I support? Make them coffee yeah. at your house for an hour and you're gone to fix. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like so worth the money. I just wanna say that's one of those like small things that I wish I knew at the beginning. I just thought it was worth throwing in. And then, so then the onboarding and then, so the training is tough. So we make sure they have some experience, at least like a course or something that they passed, yeah. and of course we'll test their ad cop, their copywriting or, you know, how they write sure. how they do some optimization, depending on their experience. And we'll do that testing in person. So in okay. person interview, because we can really see, and I can ask them, why did you do that? Why not that? I want to kind of see what they're doing and not yeah. just send, you know, and see how long it takes them also. Cause that's a, a big component. Is make sure you can sure. Get to, to reach deadlines, right? If I give you three days to do something, I want to make sure they have enough time to, if you have several tasks, you get them all done. But if I give yeah. you an assignment as someone I want to hire, get this back to me in three days, you don't know who can have helped them. And you don't know if it took them like, you know, if it took them 20 hours of work, which should have been sure. three hours, even if they did an excellent job, you're like, yep. But that's not part of it. That <laughs> took you 20 hours. Yeah. How are you going to ha- deal with many parallel deadlines at once? You're not going to be productive. So, you know, you got to do the things in person that you can do. And then we onboard, we have a woman on our team who's amazing, who does a lot of the training and then we support with online training and then they'll do the advertising and some marketing for like Wadi Digital, not our clients. So I can kind of, you know, so they screw up. It's fine. They're not fucking up our clients. They're fucking up our ads, you know, and things (laughs) like that. So, yeah, that's kind of just how we onboard and then we get together once a month, you know, which is a, a big component. And I, we, I try to organize the get together shortly after someone's been onboarded, like, you know, within
2: two weeks of them starting. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so that was gonna cover a question. I guess we've run out of time, unfortunately, but uh, obviously you do the daily chit chat conversation and doing the monthly uh, get togethers, which again, focuses on that team engagement, team building. But again, because we're out of time, for folks that want to get a hold of you, follow you, company, you're looking for outsourced uh, no marketing services, how do people get a hold of you, find you, et
0: cetera? Yeah, sure. I mean, really LinkedIn, Yoel Israel or WadiDigital.com. But uh, send me a message if you need you know, some advertising, lead generation, if you need opportunities, SEO or influencer marketing, we, we'd love to help. Uh, we, we have a, a great team working remotely independently with a very high level of skill and trust that can properly serve you. So you, you amazing! people you're working with aren't, the, they're very, very, very high top quality people. Excellent. So, Joel, thank you so
2: much for joining today. I appreciate uh, the conversation and sharing the insights of where you were and how you grew and where you're going. And uh, until the next episode, have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Scott.
1: Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into today's episode of Leading From Afar. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can learn more on our website, leadingfromafar.com and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite app. This podcast is all about you, the remote leaders. We'd love to hear from you with your feedback or ideas for future topics and remote leaders we should be speaking with.